You're listening to The Jeff Caven Show, episode 53, Hogging the Cashews. Why do people bother you? Hey, I'm Jeff Cavins. How do you simplify your life? How do you study the Bible? All the way from motorcycle trips to raising kids, we're going to talk about the faith and life in general. It's The Jeff Caven Show. Glad you joined me again. So you do like the cashews, huh? <laughs> so do I. Well, we're going to talk about that. People who hog the cashews and people who chew ice and do all kinds of things. And it drives you nuts. It absolutely gets you angry. But why? Why do we get so bothered by people hogging the cashews? This all actually came, it came as a result of uh, going to a, a party prior to Christmas and and they you know how you have the the mixed nuts sitting out and uh, I went over there and and there was a couple other people picking through the nuts and I started to notice that they were taking the cashews and uh, which I think most of us would say on the scale of quality the cashews are kind of king you know in those mixed nuts and they were leaving all of the Brazil nuts and the hazelnuts and things that well, frankly, some of us weren't that interested in, but uh, I would sit there and watch and think, oh, why are they hogging the cashews? But more importantly, why did it bother me so much that people would hog the cashews? Has anyone ever hogged the cashews in your life or the equivalent or somebody sitting around chewing ice in the summer and for some reason it just drives you crazy? Or you can hear someone breathing and you get irritated? Oh my, we have work to do, don't we? That's what we're going to talk about on the show today. And it's all about becoming better disciples of the Lord and learning to live and to love in the midst of sometimes seemingly silly things like like this. So that's what I want to talk about today. Hey, by the way, you guys have been doing a great job of putting... Uh, notes in and ranking the show on iTunes. And I so appreciate that because it does a lot for the show. Uh, Yay. Continue to do that. Appreciate it. And I really do appreciate you sharing the show with loved ones who uh, need to hear some of the things that we're talking about when it comes to being modern day disciples and getting our life together, getting our act together, if you will, uh, for the Lord. And if you have shows that you want me to talk about or or rather uh, topics that you want me to talk about, uh, please uh, send me a note. The Jeff Caven Show at AscensionPress.com. The Jeff Caven Show at AscensionPress.com. Love to hear your comments. Love to hear your suggestions. And that's how that's how we roll here. We listen to you and uh, uh, get your input. And then we talk about these shows. So this is episode 53, Hogging the Cashews. You know, one of the things that we listen for when we go to church on Sunday is, is how can we improve our relationship with the Lord? And we're always interested in improving our relationship with the Lord. But most would not have a problem if I said we must have quality time in prayer and the word of God. Nobody has a problem with that. But when it comes to our relationship with the Lord, there's another aspect that we have to consider, and that is our relationship with one another. For it was Jesus who said that if we come to him and have something wrong in a relationship, we must lay down our offering and do what? Go to our brother, go to our sister and make it right. Matthew 5, 23 and 24. All these will be in the show notes, by the way. Jesus also said in Mark chapter 12, verses 28 through 31, he said, one of the teachers of the law came and and heard them debating, noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer. He asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? 
The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. In Hebrew, that would sound like Shema Israel, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind, and with all your strength. And then he goes on, he says, and the second is, is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Now, what's interesting about that teaching style of Jesus is that when he says that you should love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all your mind and your strength, then he says the second is this. Well, that's a parallel. In other words, he's telling you another way to do this. How do you love God with all of your heart, with all your soul, your mind and strength? Well, you love your neighbor. That's how you love God. You love your neighbor as yourself. So this text comes from Leviticus 19, which speaks much on our relationship with each other. So this is going to be really important as we look at this topic today, uh, that, that if we want to love God, we've got to love our neighbor. And, and I have to ask you, scenario, it's New Year's Eve. Jesus comes over to celebrate with you. The mixed nuts are on the table. He picks the cashews. Will it bother you? Now, I know what you're going to say. You say, oh, no, if Jesus picks the cashews, that's not going to bother me. But Frank over there taking the cashews, that gets me upset. We've got to ask ourselves why. Ephesians chapter 2 says that we're built to be a dwelling place for the Spirit of God. We as the church, the members of the church, are a dwelling place for the Spirit of God to, uh, to rest in, in our lives. And, and Paul said uh, to the Colossians in chapter 2 that there's a relationship between being united in love and understanding uh, the Lord. He says, for I want you to know how greatly I strive for you and for those at Laodicea, and for all who have not seen my face, that their hearts may be encouraged as they are knit together in love to have all the riches of assured understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery of Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And then he says in verse 4, I say this in order that no one may delude you with beguiling speech. For though I am absent in body, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. So he says, for I want you to know how greatly I strive for you and for those at Laodicea that our hearts may be encouraged, knit together in love. And that was his prayer for us, is that, is that our hearts would be knit together. We would think the best of each other. We would pray for one another. We would, yeah, yay, cheer for each other, rather than to be bothered by each other. Now, Philippians 1, Paul talks about um, how in an atmosphere of love, and if we walk in love, and that is to prefer one another above ourselves, in an atmosphere of love comes discernment. Discernment. What's important? What's not important? What's worth getting angry about? What's not worth getting angry about? He says, and it is my prayer, this is in Philippians 1, 9 through 11, it'll be in the show notes, and it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruits of righteousness, which come through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. 
So we see that a local body of believers, your church, your parish, your family, uh, your sphere of influence, a local body of believers do not function flawlessly or automatically. There must be a degree of spiritual maturity. If we're going to, if we're going to be uh, walking in step with one another, in unity with one another, uh, as a as a uh, a consistent witness of Jesus Christ in the world today, then there's got to be a certain level of maturity among us. And I got to tell you, getting upset about someone taking the cashews or them breathing heavy at dinner is not maturity. It's immaturity. Well, I'm going to get email on this. Ah, you don't know my husband the way he breathes. <laughs> well, thank God he breathes. Paul taught that Christians should work hard at creating unity in the body. And that's why he opened 1 Corinthians 1, 10, the way he did. He said, I appeal to you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another so that there may be no divisions among you and that you may be perfectly united in mind and thought. Now, one of the things that I was so struck by when I was preparing for this show is how many times the Apostle Paul talks about one anothering one another. He, he talks about being devoted to one another, honoring one another, accepting and serving and greeting and bearing with and, and all these things. And I thought I'd go through them real quickly with you because if you're bothered by somebody taking the cashews and you're bothered by someone chewing ice at dinner or breathing heavy or you're bothered by some weird click that they have or quirk in their life, it's your problem, not theirs. It's your problem and you need to love. You need to love instead of thinking about how comfortable that person makes you. So, so he talks about one anothering one another. That is your assignment this week, to one another one another. I'm going to take a break when I come back. I'm going to give you some of these one another's that Paul talks about that just might solve your cashew problem and might solve your heavy breathing problem that bothers you so much as we begin to actually put other people first instead of ourselves. You're listening to The Jeff Caven Show. It's hard to live out your Catholic faith on your own. In fact, the Bible reveals that we need a community of people to help us on our journey of faith. If you're interested in finding that community by joining or starting a small group study, visit ascensionpress.com and sign up for a free Ascension account. With your account, you'll get all the tools you need to start walking with others towards Christ. All right, we have uh, come to the point where we're going to look at one anothering one another. Paul talks about our relationship with each other. And, and if we have a good relationship with one another and we prefer one another and pray for one another, uh, it very well could take care of some of the cashew problems that we have uh, when we go to those dinner parties and people take the cashews and it drives you utterly nuts, uh, which is actually funny in itself. Okay, so uh, Paul is saying one another, one another. He starts off and he says, be devoted to one another in brotherly love in Romans 12, 10. All in the show notes, relax. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. What is brotherly love? Philadelphia, the city that beat the Vikings this last year. That's a whole nother show. That bothers me more than the cashews. Oh, anyway, that's a whole nother. Brotherly love refers to the love that exists between brothers and sisters. This speaks of family. We are to be devoted to one another in 
brotherly love. Let freedom ring, huh? Let me ask you this question. If you had a problem with someone in your family or you didn't feel you were getting everything you should out of your family, would you leave your family? Would you leave your family? And the answer is probably no. You wouldn't leave your family, would you? You wouldn't leave your family. So be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Number two, honor. Well, let me go back real quick there. Let me go back. Uh, the term brotherly love, I just noticed this in my notes, is used over 230 times in the New Testament. Brother is used 230 times. It means from the same womb. Paul point, Paul's point is clear. Love one another like a family. I like that. In Romans 12, uh, 10, he talks about honoring one another. Strive to make other believers look and sound good. Honor one another. Rejoice in others' achievements and successes. Very important for us to do. It was Jesus who washed the feet of his disciples in John 13, and he asks us to have that same mentality. Is there someone that you have a problem uh, honoring today? Bring it to the Lord and say, Lord, help me to honor that person. And then uh, accept one another, just as Christ accepted you, Romans 15, 7. Accept one another. Unfortunately, many times this is based on what you did or did not do. We attach many extras in determining whether we will accept one another. It's got to be on our, our grounds, on our, 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 our criteria. Well, if they take the cashews, can't you accept them? If they breathe a little heavy, can't you accept them? If they crunch their ice, can't you accept them? Accept one another. The next one is to greet one another. Paul says in Romans 16, 3 through, uh, through the rest of the chapter, he talks about greeting one another. And when we greet one another, we greet one another in love and acceptance, and we forbear with one another. Galatians 5.13 says, serve one another. This is a great one. If you're having problems with uh, idiosyncrasies of other people and it kind of gets to you, well, serve them. Literally, it means to be slaves or servants to one another. And this is why Paul told the Ephesians, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. I like that. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Somebody takes the cashews and bothers you, stop. Serve them out of reverence for Christ. Thank God there's cashews for them to have. Thank God they're breathing. The next one is uh, really probably the key here, and that is bear with one another. Bear with one another. Ephesians 4.2. To bear means to be tolerant towards other Christians' idiosyncrasies and weaknesses and their faults. Bear with them. Uh, you don't have to get angry. You don't have to. You can bear with them. We're family. We see each other at our best. We see each other at our worst. We can bear with one another. Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14, Paul says, gives us really a clear command to forgive as the Lord forgave us. Now, it sounds sort of uh, minuscule here and trite, but you, if they took the cashews, forgive them. Big deal. It's not worth wrecking your day. Uh, some people have grudges for years. Bearing with one another takes a deliberate act of the will. 
And then the last one here is encourage one another. Encourage each other with the word. Encourage one another. Uh, those people in, in this church uh, that struggle are the ones who have to deal with and uh, uh, deal with people and their idiosyncrasies. But don't treat the church like merchandise at the mall, switching every time something rubs you wrong or you just feel restless. And if you're restless, God is maybe trying to deal with you. Listen to him. Stop moving around. Stop looking for the perfect place and the perfect friends. We're all flawed. We can bear with one another and encourage each other. The Bible is filled with stories of, of men failing God, but God giving that person a new beginning, an opportunity to pick up the failed ideas, the botched efforts and try again. Shouldn't we give each other new beginnings, new opportunities? A life should be judged not on a few efforts or one failure or success, but over a lifetime. So we need to pursue unity. And Jesus knew that the fulfillment of God's plan was contingent upon our love for each other and our unity that we create. Don't let a cashew get in the way. Don't let a cashew get in the way. Now I want to end by just sharing this with you. Uh, St. James talks about why we get angry with one another. And he says that we get angry with one another because we don't get what we wanted. We don't get what we wanted and we have a sense of justice and that we're being violated. Next time somebody takes the cashews, next time someone's idiosyncrasy gets underneath your skin, it's at that point where we need to say to ourselves, my sufficiency is in Christ. My reward is in Christ. My comfort is in Christ, not in what other people are doing. I can overlook people's idiosyncrasies and love them, bear with them, encourage them, and greet them, and serve them, and honor them, and accept them. I can do that because, listen, you've got some weird idiosyncrasies yourself, but Christ encourages you bears with you and serves you and greets you and accepts you and honors you and is devoted to you, even though you have idiosyncrasies. And I imagine that some of our idiosyncrasies go way beyond cashews, way beyond ice crunching and breathing, or the smack of lips. But he loves you. Let's imitate Christ. Let's be true disciples, modern-day disciples. Let's, let's treat one another the way Christ treats us and overcome these petty, these petty issues and truly be witnesses of Jesus Christ to the world. I'd like to hear from you. I'd like to hear if this resonates with you and if there's any idiosyncrasies that you've overcome in your life. Go ahead and write me, The Jeff Caven Show at ascensionpress.com. I want to close in prayer today and, and ask the Lord to bless uh, your week. And uh, if you run across situations where people are taking the cashews, you know what to do now, don't you? <laughs> you need to encourage each other. You need to bear with them. You need to serve them, greet them, accept them, honor them, and be devoted to one another. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Lord, I thank you today for giving us life and love, and I thank you, Lord, for bearing with us in our own idiosyncrasies, and that you look beyond these, and you love us. You love our hearts. You love us so deeply. 
May we imitate you as disciples and may we walk in your footsteps and also treat others this way. And by our love for one another, Lord, may the world know that we truly are your disciples. May cashews not get in the way and we, may we never go nuts over other people's idiosyncrasies. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Have a great week.